You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You gotta be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweets to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game that's messy with it and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Status Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. Oh, man, we in for a good one today. Shane, my brother. How you holding up? What's going on, big dog? Man, you know, it's the usual, man. We got another dope episode. Uh, this time we got somebody joining us. and Our first guest of the new year. Our first guest of the new year, new episode. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and introducing our audience to somebody we consider a purpose addict. You know, we don't just bring anybody on the show. So that's important. Let me tell the audience who we're who we talking to today. Uh, she hails from B-more and she corrected me off camera. B-more, Baltimore, Maryland. Shout out to anybody who's from there. I heard they got good crab cakes. But she now currently resides in sunny California. Uh, she is a motivational speaker, an author, uh, a, a serial entrepreneur over multiple businesses that actually serve the community coast to coast. You know, and it's pretty interesting and pretty dope in terms of what she's doing. Uh, through one of her, one of her, uh, I guess, companies, and focuses that she always tries to do is she helps inmates escape. And I'm sorry, I had to uh, pause there for a second. She helps inmates escape through their imagination. And I'm going to have her explain exactly what that means. But she has a quote that you came across that you thought was pretty dope, Shane. And I wanted to give you the honor of actually saying what the quote is. Can you share that with our audience, please? Yeah, it was dope because yesterday I put on social media, you cannot please everyone. Stop mm. trying, but I put the clapping emoji behind it. You cannot please everyone. So stop trying. And the quote on her webpage is, true freedom is not giving a fuck what a human thinks. And um, I resonate with that greatly. Like, we can't obsess ourselves with um, what people think. You know how they say sometimes perception is reality? Yeah, it's tough when it comes to people because sometimes even in success, people will try to find problems with you or try yes. to pick at you. Yeah, so it's do. like, what what can you do to make another human happy? Nothing. Nothing. It'll never be a solution for that. And exactly. I, yeah, and I feel like you'll never be free as long as you're looking for validation. Yeah. You know, no yeah. one is ever going to think you are as big as you are or you yeah. are as, you know, intelligent or as wealthy or you're never, ever going to meet the expectations of society. Like, it's yeah. never going to happen. So in order to be free, it's like, don't give a fuck what they think. Like, and that goes for everything, you know, yeah. um, walk in every meeting confident, like be you, be yourself. You know, uh, uh, what they say, if you live for the applause, you'll die from the booze. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to put a caveat on that is like, you can't make everybody happy. The, the most you can do is try to do right by everybody. Mm -hmm. That's the you most can you do. can do. But yeah. 
you will find that it's most people that are like that, that typically pick and prod to find a fault in another person is usually projecting something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you just, you can't. Yeah. Well, for our audience, you already got a taste of who she is. I'd like you to welcome to our show, Sunny T. Connor, Naturally Sunny. Welcome to the show, Sunny. How you doing today? Ah, thank you. I'm doing amazing. Thank you guys for having me. Like, I'm so freaking excited. So I can't wait to jump right into this. Yeah, we're going to do that. You know, uh, for those who are new to our show, we try to bring you an impactful conversation amongst people under the umbrella of purpose addicts, being addicted to pursuing your purpose. And when Sunny and her team reached out to us after finding the show, we said, absolutely, this makes sense. We got to bring you on the show because we want to bring you shared experiences so that we all can learn and elevate. So first thing we do, Sonny, is we go to our segment called What Blew Your Mind? And that's where Shane has some profound thing that he's come across in some strange corner of the world and shares it with us. <laughs> okay. Shane, what so, blew your mind, man? Just doing a lot of observation here. Like, um... And 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 I'm, I'll give you the quote first. Well, no, I'll give you the example first. Ever wonder why um, they say most people that win the lottery, lottery, most people that win the lottery are running to money really quick, end up blowing it, or ending right back financially in the situation that they are. Why? Why? I mean, if you don't know how to handle that amount that amount of money all at once, you probably don't have the systems or the, the discipline in place to to manage it. And blow, yeah, you a, end up blowing it. Yeah, I have a different perspective. Um, I think they blow it because they're not rich mentally, so mm. it, it, it haven't caught up with their vibration of what it feels like to actually be that person with that kind of money, you know. Yeah. And I think mentally they don't, they're not rich in their minds. So they still have that poverty yeah. mindset. And so 100%. the money, it, it, it equals it, it, nothing. It comes and goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I say that, and I mean, y'all are both kind of in line with me. Success doesn't change you. It actually reveals who you actually are. Mm-hmm. So if you never prepared yourself mentally to handle that level of success or to handle that level of money or that level of finance, when you get it, you probably going to blow it. Fact, like, you know, I tell I tell my kids all the time, like, you don't want to be in a situation where you need to perform in a certain way or you need to meet a certain expectation and you can't. And it's simply because you never tried to go there before. Like if you you want to bench 345 pounds, fam, if you never lift 225, Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to get that 345 one time. So you need to get in there. You need to be pushing that 225. You need to be pushing that 250 because there's going to come a time when you're going to need it and not have it. And it's because you never trained your mind to get it or your mentality to, to, to deal with it. It's all about the preparation leading up to the success. Yes. Think about it. Mm-hmm. We all want to achieve success. And we have this idea of what it looks like. We know what kind of house we want, what kind of car we want. We know what yes. feelings don't feel like. And sometimes we train physically to put ourselves in position, like being in certain circles or a part of certain groups, right, to be prepared for that moment. But if we mentally aren't doing the same thing, if you mentally aren't lifting the weights and training to be in that successful moment, you're going to blow it. You're going to blow it. Mm -hmm. It just reveals who you are, man. That's all it is, bro. That's dope. 
That's dope, man. Listen, let's jump into this, Sonny. We want to learn about your journey and getting to know our guests. We want them to tell their story. And so to help set this off, the uh, motto for our show is live life on purpose. Tell us in your journey, how have you gone about living life on purpose? How have I not gone about it? (laughs) (laughs) I have, I, I set every day with an intention. Like I'm not letting life live me. I'm actually living life. I'm not letting stereotypes. I don't believe in none of the, I'm not in the world in the way that everybody see everything. You know, and and sometimes when I talk, people will say, oh, you're talking fairy tales and unrealistic and this and that. You need to be in reality. And I ask them, well, how is your reality? Like, how is that working out for you? You, you following society and what you call reality. How is that working out for you? Because I don't live there the majority of the time in my mind. You know, I am creating the reality that I want to live. And that's where I stay. I don't get caught up in trends or, you know, what social media got going on or protests for because everyone's jumping on a bandwagon. Like I am in my mind creating the life that I want to live. And that's where I live at mentally most of the time. So when people say, um, about you need to be more realistic, you need to live in reality more. Well, to me, reality is just something that the majority of humans agreed on, okay? So if we all agree that this is a book and we want to call that a book in multiple languages and Spanish is libro, if you want to call that a book, we've all agreed that a good name for that is a book. So that becomes reality. And so the majority of us agreed that we all should go to work (laughs) and we should work a nine to five, you know, and we should get paid for the services. So that is reality. So that's all reality is to me is a combination of thoughts as, as humanity that we agree on. It does not mean that they're fact. Okay. Because this don't have to be a book. If a bird flies past this right here, that might not be a book to a bird. A giraffe might not think that that's a book, right? And they're on this planet too. So it's just a combination of things that we agree on. However, I don't live in reality very often. Enough to be social, enough to know what's going on, but I'm really on a whole different wavelength and that really works for me. Like that really, really works for me. I am like a massive manifester. Like I can focus and bring things into my reality because I have read so many books. I have practiced living this life and to fully enjoy it. Like to look at it from a different perspective. I heard a few years ago, someone said, you know how everyone used the example of the cup half full, you can look at life like the cup half full or half empty, and that can be your perception. But someone said, I think it was on Tom Bill, you podcast or something, but he said, what if we look at the cup like it doesn't matter if it's half full or half empty, but I have some more water to fill that motherfucker back up. (laughs) Like, does it matter if it's half full or half empty because life provides you the water 
to fill the jug back up or fill the cup back up. So we need to tap into that water, that abundance. It's surrounding us. We don't have to live in lack. We don't have to struggle. We don't have to, to think poor and be poor and always have a problem to solve. Because our mind naturally wants to solve problems all day. And it's just because that's uh, what we've been growing up to do. So sometimes our mind will even create a problem. You'll be having a great day. And then they'll be like, well, why did that person look at me like that? Like just creating problems so that we can solve them with our mind, you know? And there's not always a problem. Actually, there's not many problems, actually, because there's always a vibration with a solution. Like it's right there. The cup is not half empty or half full because there's a whole bunch of water. It's a whole ocean yeah. out there. So yeah. I just, I come from a different perspective and it really, really works in my life. And that's what I want to give to other people. I want to give to them, like stop Netflixing and chilling, yo, and focus on your mind. Learning mm. things that really bother you. Understand why you went through certain things in life. And you're like, why is that a trigger point? You know, because I have triggers. Sometimes people could say certain words to me, but I come from poverty. I come from really rough situations. I come from a lot of death, you know, living in Baltimore, people die every single day. And I've experienced more funerals than I would ever, I think that some people would ever go to in a lifetime. So I don't want to, I don't want to be on that side of it, if that makes yeah. sense, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. How long have absolutely. you been out in Cali? Um, I've been in Cali for almost three years. Okay. Um, but I had been out of the inner city for quite a while. I had moved to like the outskirts when I was, um, in Maryland. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, I personally couldn't do it anymore. Like, it's just like, this is such a toxic, I love my city to death. It has some of the best food in the world <laughs> and I've been many places. Okay. But there's no food like Baltimore. I'm serious, but it's the toxic is so heavy there. It's so yeah. heavy. And, and, and that's um, a question I was mm -hmm. kind of thinking about on the way in. Like, I'm, I'm imagining you saying the environment was toxic, but that's where all your friends and your family and everything you know is. Like, at what point do you draw the line as a person? And this is just for the room, I guess. Like, I have to stop trying to be a superhero for this, and I have to pull my, myself away from that toxicity for myself at where do you draw that line and how do you get there and i just kind of went left but it's on my brain as yeah no let's go left for me i drew i drew that line because i knew i couldn't be happy there and it was like no other option it, it was like no it was no other option i love all i still have a lot of family there like you said friends and my mindset had changed so tremendously that it became unbearable to you be said your in mindset. In what ways did your mindset change? Because I started saying, okay, even when I was a child, I would be like, it has to be, I called the inner cities, any inner inner cities in Chicago or anywhere where there's a lot of violence and, and you're, you have this group of people in this bubble. And, and trust and believe that it's politically set up that way for a reason, okay? And so you have this group of people in a bubble, typically Black people, and there's nowhere to go. Like, there's no 
they, they're not very familiar outside of that immediate community. Most of them get up, get dressed, hang on the block. Like no one really leaves that area very much, maybe to go to a mall or something, but not really just exploring the city. There's people in Baltimore that haven't even been to certain counties that has amazing Mm -hmm. things there. Right. But it's just like they literally just stay in that bubble. And so when I was in the bubble, I used to be like, it has to be something on the other side of this wall. It has to be because I see people on, I see people laughing. I see people on TV. Like I see people not so angry, so bitter. It has to be something. So I've been trying for a long time, even like as a child to get over the wall, like Mm. to, to get over I call it the poverty wall because when you're stuck in there, everyone makes the same amount of money. Everyone drives the same kind of cars. You got Acros, you got Hondas, you know, every now and then is a Lexus or, you know what I mean? But it's mm-hmm. like, no one is doing severely better than anyone else. And there's no examples of people really doing really, really well. There'll be like maybe so uh, when I was younger in the 90s, you know, some big time drug dealers and they had like money and they would have like the nicer car with rims on it and stuff like that. But that was it. That was your only example of it's a possibility that more is out there. Yeah, right. yeah. That right. was it. So I, I was searching for more. So that's how I built my mindset because I was already looking, you know. Okay. I wasn't comfortable being broke ever. Right. It, it never felt good, ever. I heard Sunny touch on a couple of things, right? She said, you know, when you have these bubbles, there's no room to go. But what people, what she also touched on is that people don't realize that there is room to grow. And I think that that's what, where the line gets drawn is when you realize that there is room to grow and go mm. away from your current environment. You know, recently I heard, I heard a I heard something in a book where it gave me it gave me much clarity on perspective. You you look at your position, you look at uh, your perspective, you look at your principle, and you look at people. And if you look at the filter in which we process information, your position in life influences your perspective, and then based on your core principle, your core beliefs will determine how you treat people and what you decide to do with your own life. So I think that you draw the line when you Mm -hmm. finally decide to prioritize yourself and your principles change for the better. Yeah, and and that goes perfect. When my my thing is you get out that toxic situation when when you're no longer growing. When when that environment is stunning where you're going, you you get out of there. But your question, Sonny. Yeah, my question to you guys are, how do you feel about selfishness? Like, like what draws the line to oneself? Like making sure oneself is benefiting in the best way possible and, and just about in most situations. You know what I mean? So I, I would love to hear y'all perspective on being selfish since we since you brought that up. This is gonna sound wild. And I think in this last maybe month and a half, I've come to a conclusion is there has to be seasons and I put an S on there plural where it just has to be about you. Ooh. And you, it has to be about your goal period. It's it, funny you say this. Cause I was going to say this on air. I was going to, I was going to tell Vic, I'm like, Vic, you know, we're going to record this today. I'm going to edit it out. So we have an episode for next week. 
But until these playoffs is over, I can't do no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it yeah. has nothing to do. And, and the other part about this, the people you have around you will mm-hmm. understand that. Like this guy mm-hmm. pulled a major coup this week and made a move for us that I absolutely had nothing to do with. Yeah. And I let him tell it when it's time to tell it, but he understands where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And it's important that the people around you, and, and I think a lot of us sometimes stay on that wheel of that conformity or that, like you said earlier when you were saying, people just conform to the norms. We've decided that you have to put yourself behind others. And sometimes you just literally can't. If your goal is that extraordinary, it's not going to make sense to everybody. And you know maybe they'll understand after it's accomplished. But um, I, I think it's absolutely in seasons now. And as long as it's benefiting you and your team or, or your brand, or even if it's just benefiting your brand, it is okay to mm. say, listen, right now, this is what I'm doing and this is for me. Yes. Um, it'll come yeah. back around to you. Yeah. My daddy, my daddy has a simple quote that, that helps me to process the answer to that question. I comes before you in the alphabet every day of the week. Tell me, tell me one day. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Say that again. <laughs> I comes before you in the alphabet every day of the week. Somebody oh, prove me smart. wrong. I love that. <laughs> right? Tell me one day that I don't come before you. But in that, mm-hmm. it is about seasons. It is about taking care of you. They often use the example on the airplane, if an emergency happened, put on your mask first, right? Uh, A lot of times people have trouble going and forging ahead by themselves because it suggests that I have to leave everybody I love and care about behind. Mm -hmm. But what people have failed to grasp a hold of, in my opinion, is that you don't have to leave them behind forever. Sometimes you got to go clear the path to make it easier for those coming after you. That's why I love the poem Bridge Builder. It's my job to make it easier for those coming after me so they don't have the same struggles. So you can be selfish to go forge a path for yourself so that you can open the door for those coming after you, especially if they don't have that growth mindset. A lot of times they need to see that it's safe before they'll go anyway. And and the word that you used earlier was unrealistic. It's unrealistic to the person that can't see it. But if I can see it, yeah. It's your problem. Not it's my problem. I gotta go deal with it, not yours. Yeah. yeah. And I, I agree with both of you um about the whole selfish thing because I've had debates about it. And I look at it this way. I can't give, I can't give what I don't have anyway. I have to make sure I'm good first. And this is so crazy because I've always been, I have two children. I've always put my kids first, my parents first, this person first, that person first. I can't even put them first anymore. Like I have to tune in to me because what's going to come out of me is going to be so beneficial for them anyway. Everybody, yep. You know, so once I make sure I'm good first, they're going to be, they're going to get the benefits of me being good first. But if I put them first, now I'm doing it with attitude. Now I'm doing it with, dang, I didn't get to do the things for me I wanted to do today. You know, now you're not getting my best energy. But it's like, if I take care of myself first, I'm going, you, it's going to be rewarded to everybody around me anyway. That goes in business relationships, personal, family, you know, 
I gotta always make sure I'm okay first. And so, and, and, and that has came across as selfish for those who didn't understand it when understand. I would say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other day, my mom, I was, my mom, I don't know, you probably hear this at some point. I was at a game and I guess she had been calling me for a better part of a week. And like, she'll get me, I'll say, I'll call you back, get me mm-hmm. back, whatever, whatever. So she finally gets me on the phone and I'm at the game getting ready for my game. And she says, you act like you're too busy to talk to anybody. And she just goes off. And I just, I just sat there and listened. And I said, okay, mom, everything yeah. good. So then a couple of days later, she said, um, you didn't say anything when I talked to you. I said, yeah, because you was talking that bullshit and I almost cussed you out. But I understood where you was coming from. And if I explained it to you, you probably wouldn't have understood that I'm just in a zone right now. Mm-hmm. So I just let you have it. And I don't have to be mad at it because, again, you're not going to understand the space I'm in. But I just have to be there. And then when I'm out, we'll talk about it. Yeah. I mean, there's times where my phone ring and I see a certain name on it. And if they usually, if I answer the phone and you start off with, girl, that ain't my energy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t- I'm typically not on that vibe. So if yeah. you a girl, girl, you get ignored sometimes. Like, I'll call you when I'm in the mood to talk to you and make sure everything all right. But if yeah. you're calling with gossip or drama, girl, I'm trying to get to this bag. I, yeah. You starting a conversation off like that, I ain't got time for that, you know? So I guess it's like a balance of you choose you. Do, do I feel like you bringing my... In- or anybody who always call with bad news. Like, yes. I'll look at their name on the phone and I'm like, ah, I'm feeling good I can't today. Tell you, I can't get that I in gotta my spirit choose right me. Now. You might need somebody to talk to, but I know with somebody else in your contact list you can call that might be on a better vibration to be on that negative energy with you because I'm not there. So I got to choose me. Like, oh, no, I'm feeling good right now. I can't answer the phone for that person, you know? And and sometimes that energy, is is, is all about energy. Like, Mm -hmm. you can have that time with somebody and it could be negative and it can completely steer the direction of where you're going. Yes. As opposed to, like, I am convinced. I met with Sabrina a couple weeks ago. I'm convinced that hour that I spent with them set me up for success for another month. I don't know how, but I'm convinced Ooh. that just because of that energy that I got from them, those conversations yes. that I had with them, I'm watching, like, dominoes just fall based on that conversation. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. That's crazy. That's crazy how, and I mean, that's the whole premise of the show. People take different journeys and end up at the same place, finding that they are falling in love and addicted to their purpose. These mm-hmm. shared experiences, like these stories, like, I mean, like the stories you write in your books, you know, Sonny, like you, you can literally help someone without even trying just by sharing your story. And, and mm-hmm. Sabrina helped you, her and Richie, you know, shout out to them. Definitely appreciate uh, Sabrina and Richie. They were previous guests on the show if you haven't checked uh, checked out their episode, it's so dope. You talk about a family running business. You know, their daughter wow. is eight. She's eight years old and she's got her own business, right? Oh, At wow. eight years old. Oh, it's so dope. Uh, <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes, which episode uh, Sabrina and Richie were on. But, you know, let's it, let's talk about that, uh, Sonny. Your, your books. Like, I saw the titles. I read the descriptions. And I'm just curious, what inspired you to start writing and becoming an author? Um, I've always 
been writing since I was like four years old. I would do like little quick stories and read them to the class at school and stuff like that. So um, I was reading very young. Me and words have a real good relationship. <laughs> Better than me and numbers. I mean, they cool, but me and words, we really, we really got a thing going on. Yeah. And um, I was really unhappy. This is the truth. Like, and see, I, 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 I hear people tell their stories and they always just tell like all this good stuff. Like, if you want to be successful, do this, work hard, wake up at 5 a.m. and blah, blah, blah. But like, you got to tell people the real. And the real is I was extremely unhappy. I had been through so many different circumstances in my life that I did not get help for. I never got any therapy. I never went and talked to counselors or any kind of help. Every time something bad happened, I just be like, oh, I got to be strong. I got to be a strong black woman. And I push it under the rug. And then another thing happened and I push it under the rug, right? And then I push so much crap under that rug that one day I was just unhappy. Like it was, it was hard to get a smile out of me. You know, it was like, what is happening? So I decided, let me go ahead and write that book, you know, that I've always wanted to write. And I wrote it about my life. And it's so raw, okay? I'm talking about sexual encounters. I'm talking about, you know, death, times where someone had got killed right in front of me. Like, the book is so raw, um, how drugs impacted my life, how other people around me doing drugs and the situations that put me in as a child. And so I thought if I told my story that it would be like my, it would be like my therapist, like I'm releasing this, I'm taking it from under the rug. I'm, I'm putting it in this book and now it's out there. These well, things happen to me you know so now I don't have to keep like hiding it it happened and now I'm telling everybody it happened you know yes. and and now I feel good you know but my family was like oh no <laughs> don't you dare say that in the book and don't you dare talk about that situation and this and that and I'm like uh-uh you know I have to. It's for me. And I, I know it's a touchy situation for a lot of the incidents that happen. You know, I, I, I experienced some um, police, you know, police treating me harshly. And, I, you know, because I grew up in the projects and one of my houses had got raided and I was the only one in the house. And the way that the police treated me to be like an 11 year old girl was like un believable it traumatized me in so many levels way worse than them kicking the door in and I've rebuilt my relationship around cops because I've also been a single mother on the side of the road with a flat at two in the morning and a cop came and helped me and my kids so I learned how not to put them all in a the category they don't all kill people they don't all you know, do these things. Some of them literally had a dream. Maybe they were abused when they were young and they said, I'm going to grow up and protect people. I'm going to make sure people never do these things. They all, they're people too. 
And for the longest time, I hated police because I thought they all were like those ones that kicked my door in and how they treated me. Um, but over the years, I've built relationships with cops that, you know, I'm like, oh, they're, you know, they're not all in a bubble. There we go with that bubble again. Like, we got to start popping those bubbles. Like, we're, times have changed. Like, you got to deal with each situation accordingly, you know? Yeah. And so that was, I really just had to release all of that that was in me. I didn't have nowhere to put it. Like, where am I going to put all that hurt and pain, yeah. right? And so, so I put, put it on it the paper. Book. Yeah, you put it in the book. Yeah. <laughs> you dope. know? That's dope. Now, how I, I read uh, your team's mission about helping uh, inmates. Uh, I think you said your mission is to bring awareness uh, to the many inmates who are in prison all over the country who don't have their basic needs, like, um, you know, ways of, of utilizing their own imagination as they feel trapped. Like, why, why help, you know, those who, who no longer have their freedom you know, for a particular period of time. Why, why are you on that mission? See, that, that's, that mission just came to me. Actually, it came to me in a dream. And I started doing some research on what was getting people through their time. So I started looking into the inmates that were ki that like killed themselves, like they couldn't do it. And then I started looking at how many wrongly convicted people that were in jail. And I thought about how many of my friends' fathers were arrested when we were young. And, you know, my father spent some time in jail as well. And so I just thought as a picture how many broken homes come from this jail system that is predominantly Black, right? And that, that in itself is something to think about. But what really made me get personal with the inmates is I was talking to this one particular inmate when he came home and he used to be like a real big time drug dealer. And when he came home, I was doing this um, program at the Downtown Culture Arts Center in Baltimore. Um, I was doing this program helping the youth and he wanted to, he, he heard about me. I had really made a name for myself before I left the city. And he had heard about me. He came down and blah, blah, blah. And we were talking. And he was like, yo, I admire you for being an author. Books is what changed my life. You know, books is what allowed me to, you know, not really be in the reality of the prison, you know, of what was going on in there and this and that. I would go to my cell and read books for hours and this and that. I don't know what we would do without books. So it just dawned on me. I'm like, okay, I'm an author. They put it in books. I started researching and reaching out to the jails. And most of the books that were in the jails were like missing five pages. Like they had been there since ancient history. Like they didn't have good books. And so I was like, wow. So then I started picking up books from like libraries, sending all my books. And I literally just start contacting jail after jail and I built relationships with wardens and I just start sending them books. And then they started getting out of jail and reaching out to me, like some of the men, some of the women. And they're like, oh my God, we read your books. It changed my life. I never would. You so raw. I can't believe you told those stories. You know, you told about times when this and that and this and that. And it just, it became a whole thing. Like life just, 
wow. manifested it into a whole thing. And now my assistant, I think we only have 10 prisons in the United States. This is including Hawaii, Alaska, everything. I think we only have 10 prisons that don't have my books. And they just keep saying no. And we just keep going back and forth, back and forth. Because eventually no's turn into yeses. Yeah. I really wish people could get that and stop giving up so fast. Because mm. every no will be a yes, eventually. And if yeah. it don't become a yes, you'll get knowledge on why is a no. Well, what's wrong? Yeah. Why? 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 Like X. Yeah. X. Don't just take the no. X. And then make it better. Oh, well, yeah. we can't because it's this and it's that. Oh, okay. Well, when I write my next book, it'll be this and that. You know? Like, take it. People got to learn how to take critique and take it and better yourself. That's how you become better, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love the prisons. I love the inmates. All of them are not guilty. I've built relationships. They email me. I get like little, you know, um, letters from them that go to my PO box and stuff. And I love the inmates. Like they made a mistake. We all have dri driven. I know I've dr I drove before um, after having some alcohol. I wasn't intoxicated, but that's a mistake. You know, that's something that could have got me arrested. You know, I've been aggressive before. That was a mistake like that aggression could have yeah. came out to me physically attacking someone and they could have hit their head on the table and, and fell out. And that was attempted murder. Yeah. Like it's mistakes, yeah. you know, we're humans. And so I really have a love for them. And I dealt with some personal family members that were incarcerated. So that, that brings that love even further. Yeah. Appreciate you sharing that. Cause I mean, we all probably are one mistake away from being, you know, in a similar position, you know, we can act all high and mighty all we want, but really and truly, we made mistakes that just didn't get caught. Yes. You know, at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I day. used to sell weed. Whoa, <laughs> Literally. Whoa, like, I was whoa, the weed girl. Yeah. The cop, the cop, <laughs> I can say that now. I can say that now because I'm all in But I used to be the weed girl. Like, come on. Honey, stop telling all your business. Shane, can you edit that out? Shane, we want to protect our guests. <laughs> No, I'm just joking, but it's in the book, so. <laughs> it's in the book, and I write It's out there. Oh, I, did I mention I write fiction? No. <laughs> <laughs> so what so, books do you have out? What books are, are currently out in pub and published? Uh, yes, I have Damaged Little Girl. That's my first book. Um, that's actually an underground bestseller, and that's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, and then I have A Damaged Woman, which is the sequel to A Damaged Little Girl. So pretty much A Damaged Woman, I had to accept all the responsibility. When I was a child, those things happened to me. When I was a woman, I was doing those things to myself, you know? And so I had to deal with that. And then they are my two memoirs. And then I have Damien's Secret, which is my first fiction book. And I have Damien's Secret 2. And I have Nina Dayada. Niña Dayada is mi libro en español. So, um, yes. That, that's her Spanish book for those who don't speak Spanish. Just, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, that's my Spanish book um, for those who don't speak Spanish, like you said. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. 
let's do this. We got some questions that we'd like to ask every guest, kind of rapid fire, if you will, but it allows us and our audience to get to know a little bit more about you, right? Okay. You ready? Yeah. Tell us two to three people that you listen to and why, people that you seek counsel from or previously sought counsel from, from that you admire and why. Okay, I listen to Wayne Dyer. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wayne Dyer, but I listen to Wayne Dyer, and he pretty much practiced the Tao, and the Tao is pretty much um, letting life flow. Like, nothing is being done, nothing is left undone, you know? And it's not a race to get through life. It's you. It's not the goal. It's the journey. Everyone think, oh, when I get to this goal, I'm gonna be so happy and so fulfilled. But when you get yeah. there, it's literally like a two minute satisfaction. Like, oh, I did that, and that feels good for like you know. And now what? What's next? What's next? What's next? And so, pretty much, Wayne Dyer practices. He practiced the. It's the journey. It's the flow. It's the meeting people along the way. It's the feeling good, treating people good. So I really love listening to him. Um, I also listen to Eric Thomas and a few other motivational speakers. Um, and uh, I love Kyle Cease. And Tom Bilyeu probably would be the number one person that I listen to his episodes like all the time, you know. That's um, one. Tom Bilyeu. Okay. Yeah, B-I-L-E-U. Yeah, B-I-L-E-U. And um, yeah, and I'm um, but I read a lot. So I, I read more than I like listen to audiobooks and stuff. I actually like have a massive collection of books. And so yeah. What what was the, this is off, off topic, but since you brought it up, I'm curious, what was the first book that you fell in love with that you read? Oh, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. Um, yeah, because The Power of the Subconscious Mind really taught me that I had two minds. Like I'm consciously and unconsciously and it, it really tapped me into the dream world. Like when you're sleeping, because like, think about this. And this always amazed me when you're asleep and you're walking down the street and you see someone sitting on a stoop, like your mind, your imagination created that whole scene, right? Like, you're asleep, though, but your mind literally created everything in a dream. If some random man is chasing you, you've created that. And then it'd be these tall buildings. Like, you made that in your mind. And I want, I want to tap into that when I'm woke. Because everything that's around us, someone created. Like, someone created this. And someone created this chair I'm sitting on. These are all ideas that, has man that have manifested. And we have that power in us. And if you don't believe it, just look at a dream. Like a dream is, you're making that up as you go. Your mind is so brilliantly intelligent when you're not in the way. Because <laughs> when you're asleep, 
your thoughts are not in the way to stop your mind from going to any limit. Like it's we're, we're here on this planet with unlimited possibilities, right? But when we're woke, we're thinking about bills, merge, problems, kids. I'll never get this. Da, da, da. Like we're draining ourselves with these thoughts. But when you're asleep, you're unconscious. You're, you're almost like unconscious. And so your mind have the, the power to make anything. And I really love that. So he did I, the dream thing I learned on my own by just really analyzing dreams. But power of the subconscious mind really showed me that there's two minds. And one of those minds work really, really good when I get out the way. You know, it's so I love that. that. Mm-hmm. Spoken like a true author. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Here's a question. I asked you when we first talked, what are you most passionate about, right? And you, you know, leaned into your journey up to this point. We mm-hmm. all have evolved in our journeys. Mm-hmm. What's one area in your life, in your journey that you evolved the most? <laughs> I would have to say under the the what i've evolved the most will probably be understanding money cuz i didn't understand money i thought that you only can make money from working for somebody and they pay you for your services and i've evolved so much with money like money is not what i thought it is it's it's energy like everything else And so it's obtainable like everything else. If I want a car, I can go get a car. You know, if I want this, I can go get that. And so we put money, money on like this pedestal. Pedestal. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, money is just like, it's like, we're always like climbing up, trying to get to the top of the pedestal of money. And it's not what we think it is. It's, it's not what we think it is. It's no better than a sheet of paper. Actually, it is paper. It comes from trees. You see a whole bunch of trees around. It's a whole bunch of money around. That's how I look at it, right? Yeah. Money comes yeah. from trees. I see an abundant amount of trees. It's a whole bunch of money out of here. And only 3% is tapping in to the money. And we got to get that number up. Like it at least need to be 10% of humanity that is, that is tapping into the money because Correct. money do equal freedom in a way, you know, I feel like you can be free inside your mind, but money does allow you to do things that you would like to do. So I've evolved with money. I have a relationship with money. It don't play with me. And it brings us ass back when I spend it, it comes back. Like that's what we got going on. We got a whole situation like i'm not your side chick i'm your main chick when i spend you you come back i'm going to give to people i'm gonna give the foundations i'm going to spend it in good ways and you you let that that let that train come right on back around so that's what me and money got going on but that's the most that i've involved in this journey of life i would have to say yeah yeah, I love that. It's like a kid. You tell it to be home before the streetlight come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sonny. One last question. Uh, you know, getting to know you and, and getting to know people, I've learned that we tell people uh, things we want them to know. 
but there's so much behind the scenes and behind the people that you see to their story. And so I like asking this question and it don't have to be super serious, but what's one thing people can't tell about you just by looking at you? One thing people can't tell about you just by looking at you. I am extremely silly. Like I'm a whole, yes. I'm a whole fool in this house. I go around here popping people in the back of their neck. Like, <laughs> I randomly do cartwheels in the living room. Like, I'm a whole silly, annoying mess. <laughs> like, seriously, I'm irritating. Like, <laughs> if the house is quiet, like, I'll come through here with some pots and pans and I'll make it so nice. Come and lift it up. Like this, like I'm annoying. So right. yes. <laughs> oh, All note that to stuff we just talked about, but I'm a whole fool. So yeah, I don't think many people know that side of me, but yes. Note to self, you're sitting around and it's quiet, so anybody to pop you across the back of the head, just so you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility, you know. I joke a lot, I play a lot. You know, the lady in the other day in Walmart, she's like, Oh, can I jump out of line and go get something real quick? And I'm like, Absolutely not. And she was just like, Okay, but you know, I just be playing, so I just laughed and she was like, oh, okay, I thought you were serious. But yes, that's like that's that's part of life, laughing joking having fun like that is my go-to and um yeah I, I like to have fun awesome awesome we appreciate you sharing that about you and sharing your story uh, a little bit about your inspiration and what keeps you going and motivated what we want you to do now is tell our audience how to connect with you how to find your books if they want to reach out to you what's the best way to get in touch with naturally sunny Oh, thank you so much. First, I want to say thank you guys so much for having me. Like, this has been awesome. Pleasure. Yeah. So, um, naturallysunny.com has all my books. And it also talks about Books for Time, which is the prison foundation that we mentioned today. And um, you can always email me at naturallysunnybooks at gmail.com. And uh, my Instagram is sunny underscore the author. Don't really get on Facebook too much, but it's Sunny T. Connor on Facebook. And yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm, I'm anywhere. And uh, I do have a YouTube channel called Now Nuts Podcast as well, if you want to check out some of my old episodes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you probably noticed that she spells her name Sunny, S-U-N-N-I. So Not a Y. Naturally Sunny. <laughs> That's right. Not a Y. Thank you. Yes, Naturally Sunny with an I. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been a dope episode, as always. What we'd like to do is two things when we close out. We talk about footwork. Shane alluded to this earlier. Uh, for our audience, we like to share some of the things that are going on with us because we don't often share. We just do work in the darkness and, and keep going and, and keep putting out stuff. So Purpose Addicts Podcast has a huge announcement. If you haven't seen it on social media already, we've partnered up with KCBN Media Production Company based out of Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. And our podcast will now be featured weekly on that network. You can catch it streaming live on Apple TV, Roku, and all the social media platforms. So it's a dope partnership. Uh, we are going to be talking with and connecting with sponsors and we are growing, you know, the podcast, this show, and truth be told, if you 
catch this in the middle of a season. You don't know how we got started. Shane and I, this has been a passion project, right? This, this wasn't something that we were looking to do this with. We just like kicking it. We've been friends for over 20 years and this is how we, we connect with one another and we connect with other dope people. So it's awesome that other people have seen that and appreciated that and want to get that out along with our guests. So thank you, KCB, and we look forward to this partnership. It's going to be pretty dope. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Shane, any final thoughts before I close us out on a quote? Yeah, I got a footwork myself. Um, I meant to plug it last week. Um, BreakerNation.com, if you are a solo artist, um, not even a solo artist, if you are a music artist, excuse me, and you have music that, and you're looking to build your fan base, and or get reviews on your music, I strongly recommend the Breaker Nation app. Um, you can go to breakernation.com or you can download the app in your app store. I am a reviewer of music on there. So um, if you, 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 know, you upload a song and you want my honest review, shoot me a text or an email and um, I'll get to it. But there are hundreds of people that's giving you real feedback on your music and it's some really dope music on there. So just recommend the Breaker Nation app breaker nation check it out that's what's up that's what's up let's get out of here found a quote that was absolutely fitting after having this conversation with sonny the quote says be somebody who makes everybody feel like somebody be somebody Ooh. who makes everybody feel like somebody you got to live life on purpose and that's how you do it with great intention with great purpose you want people to feel like somebody because I promise you, if we all can help each other feel just a little bit better, that'll make this place just a little bit more bearable, right? We love you. We appreciate you for rocking with us. Purpose Addicts Podcast. I'm Coach. That's Doc. Our guest, Sonny. We thank you. Live life on purpose. We out. Mm-hmm.